Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You are listening to the Arizona Wildcats uh, podcast post game brought to you by DraftKings. Put down $5 on an NFL game. You win, you get $200 in free plays. It's that easy. It's awesome. Joined now by John Brogan. A lot of you guys might remember him from the radio. Ben White as well. You know what? You guys are going to be uh, you're filling in for Anthony. And you know what? Maybe we need to get rid of Anthony uh, in the future because you guys broke the losing streak right here. 10-3, Cats win. And you, John, I'm going to let you roll first here. This was a game that... I'm not even sure quite what to do with myself. I don't care how it happened. We won. Right. It was a, a good old fashioned rock fight. Right. And when you've got a 20 game losing streak, I think you can pretty much eliminate everything else from your mind outside of the fact that Arizona won. And so we should appreciate that for what it is. You know, Cal's down, you know, a bunch of starters, most importantly, Garbers, but Arizona's defense today has kind of done what it's done in every other game that Arizona has been competitive in. And it's gave the, you know, kind of the offense a chance to win. And for the first time, it seems like in a long time, we were able to put a drive together with four minutes to go in the game and score late. And fortunately the defense was able to get a stop and we got to win. Ben, what'd you notice? Yeah. I mean, when you look at the situation, right, 20 straight losses, if Arizona was going to find a way to win this game, this was going to be that vintage Arizona win with the way things went down. Give them a lot of credit. I think defensively they, they were in the game the entire first and second half. I just think offensively there were some challenges driving the ball, but like Brogan said, you got to give it to Will Plummer and, and a lot of these guys, especially down late, finding a way to, you know, get the ball back, reverse field position, and, and ultimately drive in there for a touchdown. So really good um, way to see Arizona win. Obviously, the circumstances were a little bit unique with COVID and some of the other things going on. But, man, it just feels good to finally break that losing streak. And it's exciting for fans. It's, it's exciting for students. And what a better uh, time to have it, especially here on homecoming. And honestly, guys, I don't care at all about that. You know, uh, Cal was missing players. You know what? You can only do certain. You can only do what you can control. It's not my fault that you know what they had some issues. Now, granted, you don't really want anything like that to happen. But guys, again, I'm not going to worry about it. I'll tell you one thing though. Th- didn't this feel like this was going to be a game though that Ar- Arizona was going to lose in bizarre fashion in the fourth quarter when you get a sideline interference call? with the coaching staff, then you get an unsportsmanlike penalty against the coaching staff, the assistant head coach, and oh, by the way, you know, Cal's got the ball out to the 30. But after that, it really didn't matter because the Arizona defense, it rose up right there, and that was kind of the tail of the game in the Brogan that Arizona's defense really did what it needed to do to win this game when the offense didn't bring everything that it needed to. Yeah, and in fairness, you know, Arizona is on its, you know, you could make the argument, well, he's for sure their backup quarterback. But again, 
if McLeod's healthy, he's the starter. We were missing our starting left tackle with Lay. So Arizona was missing players too. So I don't want to just make this out to be like, hey, Cal was missing some players and that's why Arizona won. But if you had to pick an MVP for this game, it would clearly either be the defense or potentially the punter because he was flipping the field the entire game and allowing the defense to um, kind of keep that field position edge, which made made it a little easier on the on the offense to not have to have these 80-yard, 75-yard drives. Um, I will say, watching on TV and seeing that sideline interference penalty, I mean, he might, the ref like stuck his arm out to the side and grazed the coach who had like one foot in the white area. So first of all, that was like sketchy to begin with. But you have to give kind of kudos to the defense for being able to overcome that kind of 30-yard spot and keep Arizona in the game and keep them in a position where they could win. Yeah, I think in a weird way, and I said this to Mike and, and Jason Shear even mentioned it when they were sitting up there, I think in a weird way that kind of sparked the defense, right? I think obviously it wasn't good to give up 30 yards, but the offense was able to come out. They're able to put together three or four collectively good runs and just really drive the ball down the field. I mean, if I would have told you Arizona is only going to give up 122 total yards to Cal, I mean, you'd, you'd take it. And especially, I think a lot of people are going to maybe want to point the finger and say, yeah, Cal is missing some guys. But from a skill perspective standpoint, I mean, obviously Jay Scarbers was out, but they had their receivers. They had their running backs. Their offense, by and large, was intact. I think they're only missing one or two starters on the offensive line. So Arizona just – I know it was a fluky game back and forth, but to me, guys, I think for the majority of the game, Arizona did look like the better football team. And that was just refreshing to see for once. Yeah, and quickly, in, in the over the last 20 games, right, it's been a while since Arizona won – They've lost this game, obviously, every time because they haven't won. But there's like six or seven of these types of games where late in the game, Arizona got a chance to make plays to win. And this felt for a while like, okay, here we go again. Cal's going to hit a big pass, break a big run. We're going to lose 10 to 3. This time it happened to be the opposite where we made enough plays to get that kind of final late score and, and secure the victory. Okay, so let's get to some of these uh, comments right now. And Sean Seeley uh, was going to hit on some hit on something that I was going to talk a little bit about during the uh, second segment. But you know what? It uh, was something that caught a lot of people's eye. And he said, "You know how many fans were at that game?" And honestly, they came in and they announced that it was thirty thousand. To me, it looked closer to about three thousand. But I mean, we can be honest here. We this is really the stage where you know what you're going to have to win to be able to put people in the seats. I always use the analogy that, you know what, if I keep going to a bad restaurant and they keep giving me bad food, then it's going to be difficult for me to keep going back there, even if my buddy owns it. This was a step, though, and this was a big step in the right direction, though, fellas. And the re main reason why is you've only got a few games left in the season. Arizona has battled all season. And I think the one thing that you worry about when you're in the throes of this kind of losing streak is what exactly is it going to play, you know, how, how is this team going to play itself out? Are they going to quit? Are they going to, and you know what, to Jed Fish's credit, you got to give that him all the credit in the world here because this team has battled all game, all game, all season. And you know what, they finally got the win that some of these kids deserved here, Brogan. Yeah, I think one thing that is clear is that the team plays hard the entire game. And and that to me is evidenced a little bit in some of these fouls, some of these penalties, some of these things. Like if you're being overly aggressive, you're playing hard, right? So I think you would take that as opposed to the opposite where they're giving up on plays, blowing coverages, not really paying attention, things like that. So um, to your point, they're playing hard. Fish has still got them out there trying to win games. Now they kind of got that monkey off their back, and it'll make it a little bit easier for him to continue to sell the team on, hey, look, we can win games. Now we just got to start putting a few together. Um, 
unfortunately, they get Utah next, which doesn't make it any easier, but it's something to build on for sure. And one thing that you've got to give this team an incredible amount of kudos on is that the defense this season, while there have been some breakdowns, and Ben, I'm curious as to your thoughts on this, you've got to give them a ton of credit because they were in Cal's face. Again, I get Chase Garbers isn't there, but you know what? That's not Arizona's fault. At the end of the day, though, there was nothing really easy for Cal in this game from a rushing or from a throwing perspective. And at the end of the day, that's on Don Brown's unit, so you got to give them some kudos there, fellas. Yeah, I think you have to give Don Brown a lot of credit, especially the way that schematically they've tried to run this defense the entire season. I think when you look at some of the opponents they've played, they've clearly been outmatched, but you've never seen Arizona go into a game, especially on the defensive side this year, and play timid. I think with Sumlin and Richrod, just some of the, the, the schemes that they ran, you know, it, it wasn't an aggressive defense. And Arizona's made it very clear this year, even if we have the guys – healthy, not healthy, whatever, we're going to be aggressive. And I think when you do that collectively for eight or nine games or whatever it's been, it, it sets a foundation for what you want your team to be. And um, you find yourself in a situation today where they're a little bit banged up on the offensive line because they don't have guys out because of COVID, et cetera. And it just worked out in Arizona's favor. They play with that underdog mentality and it's really carried them. And I, you got to give Fish, you got to give Brown a lot of credit because how easy would it be for a lot of these guys to quit? They may not be the best players, you know, every single week, but they're in, you know, a lot of these games that maybe they shouldn't be in. And the USC is, uh, you go back to USC last week, and I think that really carries over to what you saw today. Now, take this for what it's worth, but this was my DraftKings pick of the week. I liked Arizona not to win outright, but I did like Arizona to cover the points. Now, again, Cal was missing some guys, but the point, though, the matter is here, if you're not on DraftKings, you should be on DraftKings. John Brogan has been on DraftKings for a long time. That's where, that's where you go to make all the bets. You can do live in-game betting, parlays, anything you want, DraftKings has. And I know from watching the game, it's fantastic to be able to look on the app and you know what, see the line go from two and a half to even money basically on one play. That's what DraftKings can get you there. And it's only getting started. It's going to get bigger. One thing, it's for people 21 and up, if you got a ga Arizona only, if you got a gambling problem, obviously you got 1-800-NEXT-STEP. They'll take care of you. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. $1 wager required. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And Brogan, I would imagine knowing you that you were on your DraftKings app and you were probably watching those games pretty quick, pretty closely. Yeah, what I thought was fascinating about the Arizona game is the line was 12 or 11 and a half, 12, whatever it was before the COVID news came out. And that line actually stuck for a few hours after the COVID news had the rumblings had kind of started, which is pretty rare. Usually whenever there's news about players out, things like that, the line is off the board immediately. So I was fortunate enough to get the Arizona money line when they were plus 12. I think it was plus 375 or something like that. I have to go back and look plus 375, and then obviously a whole bunch on Arizona plus eight because that seemed kind of like uh, free money once Garbers was was not going to be playing. Nick Howard is trying to take some of your guys' shine. Ben coming in from out of town, Brogan hopping in on your now. He's trying to take credit because he said that he didn't watch a snap of this game. And you know what? The great thing about Arizona is that I think that we can all take a, we can all take a little bit of a uh, – a little bit of credit in here and Ben you're obviously you're living in Cali now but you're an Arizona grad you've been you follow the team really closely the one thing that Arizona has going for it and we we joke around about the losing streak we joke around about everything that you know 
kind of has gone into some of the turmoil that has been Arizona football. But the one thing that is cool about this town is it's very much a college town. People out there are excited right now. When you know we had to leave a little bit early from the press box, but when kids were storming the field. It wasn't just necessarily storming the field just to look at me. It was a storming the field to, hey, you know, we did this. This is our thing. And, you know, that's something that's a little bit unique about Tucson, Ben. Yeah, it's unique. And I think especially when you look at the people who are here today, I mean, there's obviously people here from homecoming and and whatnot. But the majority of the students who are here, I mean, they've been it in for the long haul. They're still coming to these games. They obviously buy into what Coach Fish is selling with this program. So uh, great opportunity, very special time to see that first win. Um, A lot of undergrads, this probably is the first Arizona football win that they have physically seen as a student at the University of Arizona. So really cool things. Um, You look at the future of this program, and I I know we'll get into it a little bit later. You look at what they're building, and um, it kind of feels like a little bit of a turning point. It's kind of that confidence booster that you need in that we've been doing all the work. We've been so close, and despite the circumstances, we were able to get it done, and let's build off of that. And one thing, too, again, DraftKings, that's where you want to be. Make sure you check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app. That's where you're going to find all the details, the apps, where everything's going to be. It's fantastic. We'll remind you a little bit about it later on. Let's get to some of the questions because a lot of people are talking about, you know, whether you should be able to storm the field. And, you know, I get what, you know, what Sean Seeley says, where he says, can we get your guys' take on rushing the field? He says, I'm not a fan, but there are exceptions. Guys, there's a, this is a 20-game losing streak. You know, some people might look at it as a little pathetic. I don't really look at it because, come on, you haven't won a football game in over two years now. And, again, you know, a lot of times reserving the field is for very important occasions, i.e. winning a conference championship, something like that. But it's the small steps here in the desert, and, again, I'm totally okay with it. It's the small steps, and I think, too, when you look at where the players are, the players deserve that backing. They deserve the attention and the love from the fans, and especially when you can bring everybody together in one weekend. A day game, it's beautiful. It's 85 degrees outside. Everybody's in town for homecoming. What a better way to end it. I have no issue with storming the field, Brogan. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a typically a rare case where you do it. Um, of course, Arizona's notorious for storming the field too early in the past, so we want to be careful with it, but you know, when you're, when you've lost 20 games straight, it's Fish's first real win as a head coach, not, you know, not as an interim. So I'm good with it. To Ben's point, this is the first win some of these students have ever seen. And so in terms of Arizona football, so given the circumstance, I'm fine with it. You know, had we been, you know, one and seven and we stormed on our second win. Okay. That's a little bit much, but the fact that we're ending a 20 game losing streak, I'm all, I'm all good with it. All right, so let's get now to let's get now to what did we learn in this game? And I think that you learned a couple things. And going forward, first of all, if Arizona is going to win games, it's going to be based off the defensive side of the ball. Will Plummer had a good game against USC, but you know it. Will Plummer, I don't know, is ever going to be the answer at quarterback. He's shown some glimpses, but you're kind of seeing a little bit of a template, I think, as to how Arizona football is going to win games, and it's going to be winning games based off the strength of this defense. Now, you look at it, there's not a lot of great pass rushers on this team or anything like that, but they're schemed very well. They play good assignment-based football. And you know what? If that's how you got to win games until you can get the kind of offense in that Jed Fish wants, 
I'm totally fine with that. But I think we've learned in that this is kind of how Arizona is going to have to win games until they get more stability on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, they ran for, what, 205 yards or something like that. So anytime you can play really, really good defense and run the ball, I think they averaged close to four yards a carry. Anytime you can do that, you can slow the game down. You can keep yourself in games. And unfortunately, when you're the team with, you know, the least amount of talent, that's how you survive. You see that in basketball a ton with the Princeton offense, right? Running the ball and, and playing good defense is the, is the equivalent of that in football. And that's what Arizona has to do in order to be competitive. And luckily for Arizona, Don Brown is like an awesome defensive coordinator because at the beginning of the year, we're like, okay, offense has returning skill players. They've got a returning O-line defense. We lost some transfers. We're not sure what we got, but it turns out the defense has been awesome. And you got to give Don, uh, Don Brown a ton of credit for that. Yeah, and he came in here and he said that you're gonna we're gonna play one style of football here. And he his reputation is that he gets after the he gets after the quarterback. Now you haven't had a lot of sacks, you haven't had a lot of pressure per se, but he said one thing about how we are going to run to the football. And if you don't run to the football, then you're not gonna play for me. And Ben. Lo and behold, that's really been the case. There's certainly been a little bit of a different aspect to it in the Don Brown defense as opposed to the Marcel Yates, those type of things that we've seen over the last four or five years. Oh, most definitely. And I think we're sitting up there. I think we're cracking jokes like, you know, you look back two, three years ago on third down, third and 15, third and five, whatever it may be. It's how does Arizona find a way to kind of screw this up? It's it's nice having a little bit of peace of mind knowing that Arizona is going to be able to make a stop. And I think to build off of that, I mean, when you look at the way that they played, especially over the last two weeks, I think the defense is good enough. I think the receivers are good enough. And I think at this point, Arizona's really just one competent quarterback away from being able to be competitive. It's not a shot at Will Plummer. I think he played well for the most part, obviously went out for an injury for a little bit. But if this team can get somebody like McLeod back or somebody a little bit in that niche, that they can move the ball offensively and be a threat with their legs and keep the defense honest, completing enough passes as they drive down the field. I think this team can surprise some people. I think defensively they're, they're, they're there, you know, I mean, obviously you need the players, but scheme wise they're there. And I think they have that founding principle and that blueprint of what we want to be as a football team identity wise. And for a team that lost 20 straight games and just got their first win, I think it's a pretty good place to be. Most teams in that position have no idea what they want to be. Ben, Ben, it's almost like you've been in radio in the past because uh, that was a great that was a great tease right in there into what I wanted to talk about with the quarterback position going forward. Again, brought check out DraftKings Sportsbook. You got a DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. Here's the deal. You throw down $5 on an NFL game, you win that game, you get $200 in free plays, and you can do with that what you want. A lot of people have turned that into a lot more money. This is the new era that we're in. And you know what? If you're going to venture into the new era of gambling like this, why would you want to do anything different than being on the DraftKings Sportsbook app? Again, code word PHNX. And my guy, John Brogan, over there in the right-hand corner, before we get to some of these questions about uh, before we get to some of these questions about the quarterback play, why don't you tell the people out there a few plays that you might have in the hopper that you looked at at DraftKings Sportsbook uh, sportsbook app because i know you got a few yeah i'm I, I think the game starts at four but i really really love clemson i know clemson stinks this year um but i think they're three and a half point favorites maybe three now i like clemson um 
most of my attention is moved to UFC at this point because I think the there's a, a pretty awesome main card tonight. Um, but Clemson, if I got to give out one pick tonight, it's Clemson. Okay, so there you go. Again, DraftKings Sportsbook app. Put down $5 NFL game. You win it, $200 in free plays. Doesn't get any better than that. Now let's get to some questions, and this basically revolves around the quarterback. A lot of people saw Bookman put out their Spencer Rattler 2022. He's definitely a lightning rod. We'll hop on that in just a second. But the first question that I want to get to is ASAP Duck one two three because I disagree with uh, I disagree with my guy a little bit here. And first, love all your contributions. Love you hopping on. I when I've watched Jordan McLeod, I don't know that he's an all conference guy because he's not. But and maybe it's just that we've just had such low quarterbacking expectations here over the years. But. I looked at McLeod, and I think with the right kind of players around him, you bring in a key and Burnett, you bring in some other guys like that, that I think he can be a guy that you win with. Maybe not you win because of, but Brogan, he showed me enough. And then Ben, I want your thoughts right after that. He showed me enough that I think that you can win at a, at a level of a, maybe a seven to eight win a season type level. And for Arizona football, I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, I think... This is a hard one for me because McLeod is significantly better than Cruz, Plummer. We saw that in the Oregon game in the first half of the UCLA game. Um, however, I think we might be a little jaded based on kind of where Arizona football's at. So if McLeod's a starter next year, does that give Arizona the opportunity to win three or four games? Probably. Do I think McLeod's the guy that's going to get Arizona to seven or eight wins? Probably not. Um, and so I, th- but again, if Arizona wins four games next year, we're probably all pretty happy given the fact that we just broke a 20 game losing streak. So I'm supportive of McLeod, but I tend to agree that if we're going to take that next jump and go to the next level, then either Fafita has got to be the goods, or we've got to hit the transfer market and upgrade the quarterback position. Weird to say, but I'm not that upset if McLeod's the guy next year, assuming he comes back from injury and can, can do the things he was doing this year. I think he deserves the opportunity, but I also think we're getting a little bit of our head of ourselves in the sense that you got to remember Jordan McLeod wasn't expected to play that game and we're going to no tape, no insight on him whatsoever. But you do give him credit for the way you moved the ball against Oregon in that first half against UCLA, like Brogan said. But when you're in a position like this where you've lost 20 straight games, you're rebuilding. I don't think anybody really is the answer. I think McLeod can definitely come in and give the offensive spark. I think if he was out there today, you know, I think Arizona maybe wins by a touchdown or two. They're not blowing Cal out by any stretch of the imagination. But I think if he's out there today, you're in a better position. But you've got to get guys in here. You've got to level up the competition playing field. You've got to hit the transfer market and, and push guys. And I think roll everybody out and, and make the best guy win. I don't think this offseason they really prioritize that. Um, you know, McLeod obviously came in late. Plummer we saw a glimpse of last year. But it, it seemed like the quarterback position was quite neglected this offseason. I think next offseason, especially somebody like Fish watches the way that the defense has played this year. I think he has a better understanding now to say that, yeah, we've got a lot of work to do with this roster, but maybe it's not as far as we've come, just as far as we thought it would be, just because the defense can keep you in games. The receivers, if they're healthy, can make plays. The Arizona can run the ball effectively if their O-line is healthy. So they're not as far maybe along as they thought they would be, but I think next offseason, it's got to be pushing the quarterback position, bringing in some guys and, and seeing who wins. Because I don't think Will Plummer and, and Gunnar Cruz, frankly, belong in the conversation next year if this team's going to win games. Okay. Okay. So let's get to uh, let's get to a bunch of questions here. Saul Bookman, uh, Spencer Rattler, 2022. Spencer Rattler is an interesting guy because you're not going to find any Arizona fan 
who is lukewarm on Spencer Rattler. You're either all in on bringing in Spencer Rattler or you want nothing to do with Spencer Rattler. My question first and foremost when you de- when you got a guy like that is if I bring in Spencer Rattler, is he all in on helping this team or is this just a springboard? The reason that I don't know that, that Spencer Rattler is a great fit is because four months ago, this is a guy that was going to be a top five NFL pick. And now you look at it and he's not going to be playing in, he's not going to be playing in uh, 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 Oklahoma, obviously. If he comes to Arizona, what exactly does does he have the players around him to really be able to make that jump? I don't know that he does. And if he's not totally on board on that, I don't know that that's a I don't know that that's a great idea. But I'm also not going to turn down Spencer Rattler, though, either. If, you know, his people reach out and said, I want to come to Arizona. Yeah, let's not overthink this one. Right. Number one mm-hmm. quarterback in the country coming out of high school. Heisman Trophy favorite. Obviously, this season didn't go as well as it was supposed to. Last year, he was actually really good to close out the season. So if you're Arizona, fresh off breaking a 20-game winning streak, and your quarterback options are Jordan McLeod, Gunnar Cruz, and Will Plummer, you roll out the red carpet for somebody like Spencer Rattler and take your chances. Like I, Arizona needs an upgrade in the quarterback room. He's a significant upgrade from what they got. If they're fortunate I, enough to have that option, you jump at it and don't even, don't even look back. I agree. So now, uh, going forward... We agree that you you want Spencer Rattler. We got you want Spencer Rattler. Totally agree with you there. Um, You just want to make sure that he's on board there. And I think another thing that kind of goes into play a little bit about you got Noah Fafita right coming in, but I think people need to pump the brakes just a little bit here. And here's what I mean: he's good, but at the end of the day, he's still a a high three star quarterback who's five foot ten. Now again, I don't really care too much about the height at the college level. That doesn't matter. That doesn't really matter to me. But it's not like he's a no-brainer coming in. So yes, I think a lot of people would like to have him ready to rock and roll. But it's not like you're bringing in a blue, you know, a blue blood type prospect there. And so if you're going to roll with Noah Fafita next year, you could have a lot of growing pains. And to answer Sean Seeley's uh, question, he said. Are Will Plummer or Gunnar Cruz on the roster next year? I think one of them's on the roster, but if one of them, Ben, is under center, I don't think uh, to start the season, then I think something probably went wrong along the way. Yeah, I think so. And to your point earlier, right, Arizona's not going to find that blue blood prospect at quarterback, whoever you bring in. I think somebody like Rattler comes in, if you can get him, absolutely. I don't know if you even are in that conversation, sadly. But if you can get Rattler to come in here, maybe in a weird way, it's kind of a fresh opportunity. And he kind of comes in with that mindset of, I've got nothing to lose here. This program is is in the toilet. This program is rebuilding. And if you can come in here and make it work, then you'll be the guy. But it's just a matter of getting those guys collectively, whether it's McLeod, somebody like him, somebody like Noah, like you mentioned. It's just getting a well-balanced group of guys and kind of rolling the ball out and seeing who works. Because I think it's going to be growing pains. I you know, I'd love to see one clear-cut guy win the job, depending on who they bring in next year. But I think Arizona's still in that position. I think the way they run their offense is to see kind of who's going to be that guy. So I think especially the first three or four games, those non-conference games, are going to be crucial to whoever Arizona rolls out there, and then we'll have a good idea. I don't think it's going to be like this year in the sense that 
we absolutely have nobody that we are are certain on after a few games. So we're just going to keep rotating guys. And obviously there's been injuries. I think it'll be a little bit of a different dynamic, but I don't think there's going to be one clear cut quarterback next year. The great thing about being on this AZ Wildcats podcast and, you know, working for go PHNX is that we get everything is right after the game post game reaction. We take all your comments or as many of them as we can. And we get flooded right after the games, obviously. And we appreciate everything you got. We're going to get to more here in just a second, but check everything out. Hit subscribe on the AZ Wildcats podcast. Go check out go PHNX because they got you covered. You got a lot of stuff going on with the Suns this week, obviously. Everybody up there from Gerald to Saul to everybody to Espo did a great job covering all the revelations about Sarver. And then, you know, obviously check out the Coyotes. You got Craig Morgan, who's one of the legends in the industry. You got the Diamondbacks. They do a great job there. The Arizona State Sun Devils. We try to do a great job down here as well. We got you hooked up. Basically, it's a one-stop shop for everything you want in state. And that's, you know, that's where you're going to want to check out. Now, let's get to some more of these questions. Okay. Um, JW, wonder uh wonder uh, if I do know this JW. That'd be awesome if I do know this JW. But uh, he said, I think we have a shot at Emory Jones when he leaves Florida. Those are the kind of guys, Emory Jones, Spencer Rattler, to kind of go with what Brogan and uh, – um, Saul said that you're going to want to hop. You're going to, you take if you're Arizona and worst case scenario, if you don't, uh, if they don't work out, well, you know, so be it, but beggars can't really be choosers. Now, let's I think, look at Mike, I think one yeah. interesting name is going to be Jack Miller from Ohio state. He just got in a little bit of trouble over the weekend. They just, they had viewers come in from Texas, number one QB in next year's class, but he, you know, forfeited his senior high school for a million dollar mm-hmm. NIL deal. Um, but from Phoenix, highly rated recruit, probably not going to be at Ohio state next year because he's going to be like fifth on the depth chart by the time next year rolls around. And I think he's maybe a little more realistic than Rattler, but we'll see. And you take a guy like that every day of the week, a mid four star level kid, top 100 guy. And especially with the way that the transfer portal works right now, you might have a way you could, you could probably get him into where he could compete next year. The one thing with recruiting, though, and politics that's a little bit different, though, is and I don't want to recruit to basically choose who's coming in, who's playing, but you got something really good going with the Servite connection right there. So it's there's definitely some politics in play that I don't want to upset Noah Fafita, but at the same time, I've also got to do what's best for the program. All right. Now, looking ahead a little bit here, fellas. Utah has emerged as the, I think it's fair to say, the best team in the South. To uh, give you an idea, and this bet wasn't uh, something that we utilized on DraftKings because it was an absurd personal bet, but Brogan and I, before the season, bet on who would win the South. We're not going to tell you what the bet was, but he he chose, uh, he chose uh, let's see. USC. 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 Yeah, I had USC. I chose uh, UCLA but I actually liked ASU show you how far off we were. It's going to be Utah. That's going to win it. So that's my segue into Utah. The question uh, that's being thrown out there right now by ASAP duck, Sean Seeley's thrown uh, asking about it as well. What's the point spread. And Ben, you and I were in the press box and listening to some people and somewhere in the twenties seemed to be kind of maybe the early twenties seemed to be, kind of what people are looking at. What does Mr. Ben White think? 
I kind of think somewhere in the neighborhood of 27 and a half to 29, somewhere around there. If it's in the early 30s, I'd, I'd be a little bit surprised. But at the same time, I wouldn't just because watching Utah last night, um, to quote Saul Bookman in the chat, you know, they might beat them by 50, unfortunately. I think to, I think to myself, it's just a bad matchup. Football is about matchups. And, you know, Utah, if you watch what they did, and granted, I'm not a big David Shaw guy. Um, I think he's a, I think he's been kind of an overrated coach, to be honest with you. I think that Stanford's kind of hit rock bottom under him. But what you saw last night from Utah was a team that really didn't care. They just said, we're going to run the ball right at Stanford. I think they finished with almost 450 yards on the ground. And there was no... There was no pretext or there was no, you know, we're not trying to mix anything up here. This is exactly what we're going to do. And they did it. And that to me is a bad, that's a bad combination for Arizona because as spirited as Arizona has been against big physical teams, I don't know that Arizona is really going to match up particularly well there, Brogan, in that game. What do you look at the point spread? You're a, you're a line, you're a line guy. So when you do hop on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, and you do look at the lines after you get your $5 bet in on an NFL game and you win to maybe get a $200 free play, looking ahead, what could you maybe look at on DraftKings Sportsbook app and say that's probably what the line's going to be? What would your gut tell you on that one? Yeah, I think the line will be somewhere in the 20 to 21 range. You know, if you look at Stanford, not very good. You know, Utah was on the road. That line was only 12. Arizona's coming off a win. Utah's going to go on the road for the second straight week. So I think it's going to be in that. I could see a 21 and a half point line just to kind of tease people to make it hard to take Utah. Um, I don't think it'll be as high as 30. Um, that It's a pretty rare where you see a, a Pac-12 conference game where the line is 30 points. I, I think it's closer to 2021-ish. 20, However, um, if it's, like I think 21 or less then I'm mo- inclined to take Utah pretty big on that. Yeah, that's where I'm going to check out. I'm I'm going to be very curious to see what DraftKings throws up there because that is a line that I think will be somewhere between 21 to 24 and like you said too Brogan, you don't generally see lines that are in the 30s in the Pac-12 and Arizona honestly has done a fairly good job of covering the spread this season. There's, you know, it um it, Utah might Utah could easily cover it, but I could also see Arizona playing the game a little bit tighter than what uh, than what you thought. All right, now let's talk Jed Fish here a little bit. This is a guy that's kind of been beaten down all season by fans, and I'm going to sit here and stick up for Mister Fish. And if you were in on, I would not have hired Jed Fish. I said that from day one; he wouldn't have been my hire. But you know what? He's here. If you and I say this to everybody. If you were in on Jed Fish before the season, there really shouldn't be anything that you say to yourself, yeah, I'm not in on Jed Fish now. Same, and you could say vice versa. If you weren't in on Jed Fish before the season, much the same. But if you thought that Arizona was going to go into this win this season and win five or six games, I'm sorry, that's on you. So I don't know that anybody that was in on Jed Fish shouldn't be in on Jed Fish right now, Brogan. Yeah, I mean, we've had multiple conversations about this, and and you know, more than half of coaching is having good players, and so I think if you look at the way Fish has been recruiting, let's assume he can keep his recruiting class together. 
then I think you have to like the direction he's headed because he'll prove to be a better coach when he has better players. I think that's pretty clear. It's how good of a coach can he be? Like, like that's the thing we'll never know until he actually has two or three years with the recruits in the system. I think it's hard to evaluate him as a coach with the roster they have, the issues at quarterback, the issues at O-line. Um, and so I've been a fan of him, you know, ever since he kind of took social media by storm and started getting recruits to sign. And so to your point, I don't think there's any reason for that to cool just yet. Um, I think next year will be a big step. If they go through next year and they're struggling to win another game, then then we start to see some issues come. But for now, I'm I'm all in on fish. Ben, what are you thinking? Are you all in on fish? I'm all in as you can be. I think today really helped in the sense that if you were looking for a reason to be all in on fish or looking for a reason to have some optimism for the next couple of years, you got it today. I think situationally, you know, there have been some times this year, whether it's slowing down the tempo, maybe being a little bit too aggressive at times, but I, I've personally been a fan of that. I know some people have been critical of that. There have been situations here and there, but I think with you look at the way that this team has played the entire season, both sides of the ball, how easy would it be just to kind of wave in the towel and, and not be competitive in a lot of these games? And, you know, there's the Colorados of the world. There's some of these other games. But I think when you look at Arizona's two hardest opponents so far, which is Oregon and USC, and the fact that they were in it, you know, for the majority of the game, it was a one-score loss to USC. Arizona really bounced back in the second half against, um, you know, in the first half, excuse me, against Oregon. They were in it. And the way they play in these big games that matter, I think it's a preview and it's a taste of what's to come, like what Brogan said, when you get the better players in here, when you figure out who that starting quarterback is. So I have no issue with them. I, I think Arizona is in a really decent spot. You know, I think that it would have been hard to really get somebody in here that I think you can say on paper is better. You needed somebody in here that was going to come in and grind, somebody that was going to do a little bit of a, a different things that haven't been done here in the past with the social media, with the way he's kind of been able to get some of these recruits. I don't think you're getting that with a lot of traditional other options that were out there. You've got somebody who cares. You've got somebody who wants to be there. And more importantly, you've got somebody who needs to prove himself as a first-time head coach. So it's a really good match, I think, for both Arizona and Jed Fish. There's no better time to be on the AZ Wildcats podcast because, by the way, don't know if anybody else out there notices, but we got basketball coming up. The official season opener Tuesday, and uh, to put it mildly, I'm geeked as the, uh, well, I was going to say, or it's going to be lit, as the kids would say. Maybe they don't say that anymore. That was a terrible attempt. It's going to be fire. That's awful. But yes. Okay. But yes, whatever you want to say, this is the best time to hop on. You got college football. You got college basketball. You got pro. Everything you need is on. Go PHNX, the AZ Wildcats podcast. All right, guys, before we wind this one down, and I think Sean Seeley hits the nail on the head right here, and I want to talk about this a little bit. You got three games remaining. You've got Utah, Washington State, ASU. Honestly, if you were to ask me which game Arizona is most likely to win, I'm going to go ASU. And the reason I'm going ASU is they're more talented than Washington State. But just from an outsider perspective, I kind of wonder, and we're going to find out more, obviously, in the next week or two, but I also kind of wonder if ASU is thrown in the towel a little bit there, Brogan. Yeah, ASU is definitely trending in the wrong direction. It's two games in a row, really six quarters that they've just been destroyed. Um, Washington State was up 28 to nothing, and then they were up big on Utah until the second half. But, you know, with all of the turmoil around the recruiting scandal, with the coaching staff basically having one foot out the door, they know they're pretty much 
done at this point, I have to assume. I mean, Antonio Pierce has pretty much done everything except or stopped everything with the exception of coaching. Right. So Washington State's a game where if they can run the ball successfully, it'll be competitive and maybe they'll have a chance. But ASU's the game where nobody would be surprised if ASU came out and laid a complete egg in that game. Um, the only thing that worries me a little bit about picking ASU as their last win is it still is the rivalry game. So if there's ever a game ASU would get amped back up for, um, I think it would be the Arizona game, even know that their, their season is kind of spiraling out of control. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised either if, if ASU came out and laid a complete egg and Arizona was able to, to be really competitive and sneak out a win. What do you think, Ben? I would say it's ASU. And I think the main reason being, I think Arizona is a better coach team than ASU. Um, especially this week going up in Phoenix, um, a local reporter and some other things that were said this week really kind of put a, a highlight onto what's going on up there with the coaching staff. And like you said, the situation with the recruiting and everything that's kind of fallen out. I don't love Arizona just because mostly it is in Pullman. Arizona historically does not do well there. I think it'll be a tough game for them. Just the environment, the cold. And like Brogan said, if they, if they can run the ball, they have a shot, but I just think defensively they're going to get wearing down. I think Washington state's going to run the ball and move the ball pretty effectively and easily. And I think at that point, if you're ASU, you know, you've either quit on your coaching staff. Maybe it's announced at that point that Herm Edwards is not returning for the season. Who knows? You know, there's a lot of things more so in that game in Arizona's favor than I think ASU's favor. And while it's up in Tempe, I think Arizona has a decent shot to win that game. Well, again, thank you enough all for hopping on here. And we're going to be doing, we got a lot of stuff coming up this week. I'm going to have, I believe, going to have Brad on Monday. We're going to be doing the post game show after the NAU game Tuesday. Going to be a late one. So 8.30 tips. So we'll be on about 10.40, something like that. What's unique about us is that we're on right after the game and you know that's uh that's when you really want to vent and we try to give you everything that we can then we're going to have obviously arizona utah next week and so guys it's uh brogan ben can't thank you enough for hopping on here it's uh, it's been a blast and you know what you guys will definitely be back on especially too because you're both good luck charms <laughs> yeah ben white comes to town arizona wins a football game i'll, I'll take all the credit i can get here so it's really, it's really that simple. But Ben Brogan, everybody out there, um, really appreciate, uh, really appreciate you all. This was a big win for Arizona because honestly, I know it sounds silly, but you know what? When you lose twenty straight games, you're gonna take a, you're gonna take a win any way you can get it. And Arizona did that. And we'll be back with you on Monday. But again, uh, for John Brogan, Ben White. I'm Mike Luke, and thanks for keeping it tuned in to the AZ Wildcats podcast.